Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Tis that time of the season when the ghouls and goblins prowl. Witches ride their broomsticks and bonehead wildcats howl. So scrape your claws together and make some chilling noise for your haunted wildcatters of spooky Bosco boys. Boys are back, and it's a goodly morning. I've got two special guests with me today. No Scott Wildcat, as he was at a wedding celebrating love. We've got two recurring guests today, and normally with our recurring guests, we would give out these recurring guest koozies. I only have one, and this one has been living in a cooler, so it's a little dirty. So what we will do is I'm going to give you this because I don't think you have one of those yet. Thank you. And... Um, We'll mail out. I'll have Scott mail out the recurring guest koozies. I'll, but ex- I'll expect that in two months. <laughs> speaking on the microphone now is friend of the pod, Dr. Hazen Short. He is the man that is connected to direct KC, direct primary care. Mm-hmm. Excellent. And sitting to my left is a K-State legend, Nick Leckie. Um, Scott likes to give these very long-winded um, introductions, but um, I think your, your name... There's no need for I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll, do, I'll, do, I'll put on my Scott Wildcat. Okay, put on quick. your Scott Wildcat hat. Nick Lecky, offensive lineman for Kansas State. He was two-time uh, All-Big 12, one-time All-American, 2003 Big 12 champion, 2009 New Orleans Saints Super Bowl champion. Hello, hello, you are amazing. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Welcome. Thank you. Plus, I also like to tweet about food and bourbon. That's perfect. Two yeah. things that this podcast is very fond of food and yes. bourbon um, before we get into it we're going to talk about one of our sponsors mybookie.ag guys the wait is finally over football is back you might not be at a game this year but you can still bet on the action at betonline.ag um, betonline is going the extra mile to make sure that you can get in on everything imaginable this season from game spreads and totals to team player coaching props betonline gives you more options to wager than any place online get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on win division championship future now whatever um probably going to be a lot of fun bets going forward in the big 12 and um arlington odds but we'll get into that so head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses bet online your online sportsbook experts 
I've got some coffee today. Coffee of the pod is a little Kona blend. And what are you sipping on over there? Uh, a Dr. Pepper. Dr. Pepper. Diet Dr. Pepper. Are, yep. are you from the South? No, but I was in the mood for a fountain drink, and uh-huh. I'm excited about K-State possibly winning a Dr. Pepper this year. So I thought oh, it was yeah. on, on theme, yeah. Yeah, that really is on brand. I like that. Good chance to. It's up in the air right now, and you can definitely take advantage of some uh, the the bookies oh, yeah. being screwed up right now. I might have already. Sure. I might have done that last week when we had eighteen to one odds to win the Big Twelve. So knock on wood. Nice. Okay, don't it. Big game yesterday. Cats pulled it out on the road. Um, let's just hit some talking points before we get into the position groups. Will Howard gets the start. Skyler did not travel. Um, there's no concrete news on his long-term status. Cooper BB out as well. Thoughts on Will Howard yesterday. Uh, only true freshman in school history to win his first road start. And also, more road wins than KU in the last decade. <laughs> <laughs> I like that jab. Yes. Got to get that jab in. They're a true rivalry. I was like, people always ask me what's my biggest rivalry. I say KU. Oh, yeah. It's I, no matter how bad they were and how good we were, I still got up for that game. Oh, yeah. Every time. Oh, yeah. Every time. Well, I hope we can do that in two weeks. Well, I had very formative years when KU was good uh, at football, and we were not good. So that was that still lingers with me. But back to Will Howard. Um, yeah, amazing. I mean, he obviously didn't play amazing, but it's amazing that he won a game on the road versus a good de- uh, defense. Um, he managed it well. His one pick was basically a, a punt. I mean, you know, it wasn't the worst situation to throw a pick in or, or an area of the field. So I think he played really well. Yeah, it did. I mean, it, you got to look at it from a, a perspective of are, are we judging him as a true freshman or are we judging him like Skyler, who's been a 12th year senior for us? <laughs> yeah. You know, he's been there forever, right? He's our he's our little Perry Ellis, Skyler. Like Skyler was there when Colin was uh, was a senior, right, type yeah. thing. So, yeah, but no, I, I, I thought he did well for what he did. Um, I think a win will, will cover up some of his mistakes. And um, he also did some, some really good things as well, some things to get excited for about for us here in Wildcat Nation. Mm-hmm. TCU featured three different quarterbacks. Uh, Duggan was kind of beat to a pulp yesterday, which was kind of one of our soft keys to be oh, going yeah. into the week. And um, I thought the defense pretty did a pretty damn good job on Duggan. They did. Uh, it's like if any of you guys are box boxing fans or, or have seen Rocky Four more than once, <laughs> <laughs> which you can qualify yourself as a boxing fan, um, definitely body blows. And and he was he was definitely given the Roberto Duran oh, no yeah. mas. <laughs> he hit him he hit him with the no mas. Like, oh, yeah. I think the first big hit was Sullivan just like picked him up and drove him into the ground. Like any more aggressive, it would have been a penalty with how that game was called. But but yeah, and then we got a couple more hits. I think the the whole D line faked right and then came left, and like three defensive linemen crushed him on a play. And after that, he was like limping to the side i love looking at his face after those hits because he was basically crying without He's tears got a weird face yeah he was grimacing like just he so like a child profoundly yeah he does yeah. it does well and it's i think it's important too to have a, a positive demeanor in the huddle because you know you're yeah. taking an ass kick in yeah and you know you want to be beat up tempo in the huddle you want to be positive but it's tough when you're getting beat down man yeah. it's you yeah. can tell he's a, a team player that doesn't like want to show pain but he was in so much pain that he was <laughs> just dying it. and it you was can't help great it, to right? watch yeah so on a more macro level let's just look at kind of the whole picture is this one of Kleiman's most impressive wins 
Yeah, you know, I I could say that just from from a standpoint of of defense wins championships. Um, you look at the great K State teams, right? You look at 12, 2012, You know, they had a really kick ass defense. Um, my senior year in '03, our defense was was amazing. Um, '98 right defense you know had a lot of talent and defense wins championships right you got to have an offense to to back it up but this was one of those those statement victories where your offense didn't play offense play like crap uh you know you're you're starting your true freshman quarterback uh running back left tackle and they they did what they had to do they really did so with climbing being a, a quote-unquote defensive guy yeah i would definitely say this is a, a signature win and on the road Oh, yeah. I think uh, yeah, I tweeted out like an hour before, and I thought it was going to come back to bite me, maybe. But I said if if we win this game, to me it's the biggest win of the climbing era. Um, not because it's the biggest game of the climbing era, but the situation of having a true freshman replacing a fifth-year senior, um, but also starting true freshman at running back um, in the secondary, uh, just at the often off on the offensive line it just shows it's a testament to his uh, ability to build a program and to recruit uh and to have bring in talent good enough to compete their first year and at a high level which we just haven't since i've been a fan since you know the mid-90s like we just haven't had that type of freshman influence like we've had better teams and bigger wins and all that stuff but i think it's just a testament to program building it is well and also when you, when you build it off of you know you could easily rest on your laurels by going into Norman and, and winning there. You could easily be like, all right, we're, we're cool. But I think I think this win and it coupled with the win in Norman, that is big. Because to be able to coach your team successfully, get them up each week and still be up for, for this game, which it's tough to get up for TCU. They're a, they're a newer rival. Um, you know, you don't have that long a tradition like you have with all the other Big 12 schools. So yeah, it's it's really big, understated statement win yeah i agree i mean all the variables that go into it freshman quarterback road win implications of the conference um super impressive win um so is it time that we start dreaming about arlington or are we still just flirting with her uh you know you, you take it week to week it's like right it's dating a supermodel right it's it's you're gonna get dumped sometime you just don't know when so just enjoy it every week and just just try to try to impress her every week each new week and not not look forward to the next week i mean yeah i think the players need to look forward to you know this bye week is huge you know and ku after that but it got me dreaming as a fan just what's our two week we can do that yeah what's our what's our two week uh uh you know forecast and obviously k-state will get to four i mean knock on wood but if we lose to ku then shoot me um, <laughs> me too but so iowa state has a bye then oklahoma state oklahoma state has baylor than isu um, those are the three teams at the top of the Big 12 right now. So one of Iowa State and, uh, and OSU is going to lose, uh, and potentially they both could lose, um, and we could be alone at 4-0. But, but uh, there's a strong chance IS, ISU could be 4-0 if they beat Oklahoma State, and then their next two are KU and Baylor. So Iowa State has a pretty good path to 6-0, and um, and if they get there, it's going to be hard to knock them off. Uh, obviously, they, they should lose every game from here on out. Um, but Oklahoma State, if they win, uh, they always also have to play, play a pretty good Baylor team. They could be 4-0. So, I mean, just in the, the near term, like I'm starting to dream a little bit because after our KU game, we have West Virginia. So we, we could be 5-0 and depending. And I think a lot of it comes down to Skyler, like we were kind of talking about before the pod started. If he's out for the year, we could get to 5-0 and and then finish 5-4 and if we have a pretty hard end of the, of the conference. So 
we'll just have to see how much Howard progresses if Skyler comes back. I think that's really where you have to like start it in your dreaming with with Arlington. Yeah, I think five and zero is where you really start to say you can do what you did there and really start to start looking at everyone's schedule and meticulously breaking down game by game because you get to five and zero, then it's like two and two these last four games and we're in mm-hmm. most likely. I mean, seven two seven and two is going to get you there, and we'll have a tiebreaker over who the hell knows. If I think the most. Ex- I think the most exciting thing is if we can get to the Big Twelve Championship, we might have a rematch with Oklahoma State or Iowa State and not have to play a Texas to- and OU type. I mean, they're. They're team-wise, they're not that good this year, but talent-wise, they're obviously elite. And so if they could get it together by the end of the year, we don't have to potentially walk into that buzzsaw. So. Well, yeah, but will Texas or Bowlesby allow a school not from Texas or Oklahoma to, to, <laughs> to have not representation, right? Yeah. you gotta you got to represent the old Big 12 North and South, right? <laughs> we'll see. Finally, Brando and Tillman. Uh, oh, maybe the worst commentary duo I've ever heard. Am I going too far? Do we have any thoughts? On that? <laughs> bad. I would have to agree. It's like it, you always hear like these K-State, like it's these old school like anachronisms or whatever, like, oh, they don't have the talent to, to compete oh, with yeah. these guys. I'm like, that's the worst. That's the worst narrative ever. And it's it's a lazy narrative. Like, did you do research like mm. this week? Like they, they proved me wrong. They, they started giving K-State some love in the second half. But but the um, – the breakdown of the of the illegal hit, um, I was like, then they say because yeah, both of them, and they were, and then uh, I liked it was the only time that Mike Pereira. I was like, thank God Mike Pereira is here. I've never said that until oh, yeah. until yesterday, and when he said, actually, no, here's what it is because they were, what were they saying? Like, what were some of their dumb? They were calling Wyatt Hubert's uh, push targeting, um, which guaranteed targeting, and also the hit on Deuce Vaughn. That was like, the one I was talking about. Short. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, well, let's let's short, change so the rules based on the height or yeah, something. Like, like, yeah, like they were like they were like giving him excuses, like yeah, he's too short, he couldn't see it. Like what? I, like, I, that doesn't change the fact that he's a defensive receiver. Yeah. Or the, there's a countless things like the timeout that they criticized Kleiman taking, which was great in-game strategy. And that was like a personal. It's like he, t- he took that personally. Yeah, yeah. There's <laughs> right, he did. weird right. stuff going like, on. They already like they had some stuff going on afterwards, and they're like they had what have like reservations at Riata and Fort Worth or something like that. So yeah. they had to get. Well, they through. just didn't do their research. They were calling Boydo, who plays great, like one of our elite cornerbacks, which like I mean, he's played two games. Like mm-hmm. they just didn't know anything about him, obviously. And the 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 color guy was completely uh, obsessed with TCU's star rankings oh, and and their you know five star talent and all that stuff. Yeah, which, you know. Whatever. I'm used to it by now. We're competing with TCU for talent. Yeah. You know, j- just because they're in the Dallas-Fourth area, which produces a lot of talent, um, you know, not they're no, they're no Texas. They're no Oklahoma. I'm right? super happy that they took their four and five stars and left Deuce for us because Agreed. they did not offer Deuce, and they got all their stars, and we got our actual star on the field. So. I like that. I like that. Total yards, TCU 342, K-State 289. Time of possession, TCU 31. 41 and K-State 28-19. Turnovers, one each. Penalties, TCU had five for 38, K-State four for 45. And uh, third down efficiency, TCU five of 17 and K-State three of 13. So Cats, big-time improvement defensively. They're still struggling offensively. Fourth down efficiency, TCU two of three and K-State one of one. Um, A lot of stats that when you look at those on paper, you wouldn't think that we would probably win the game. But Mm -hmm. It was a grinder, and we came out with it. On the road, well, and I think these stats sort of v- validate, you know, calling this an understated statement win for climbing, right? Because it's uh, you keep that momentum going. These stats, I mean, you look at these stats, if you just put them up there blindly, and you said, and uh, Team X was the road team, 
I'd say, no, nah, it's a loss. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's, I, I, that's a loss. So we're going to get into the offense, but before we do, would you like to I tell us love, about Manscaped? I'd love to do it. I've dreamt for this moment. Well, we don't know why Manscaped.com doesn't talk about their boxer briefs and their ad reads because they have some of the best boxer briefs in the world. Absolutely but they did true. just launch a brand new product, product, the Weed Whacker Nose and hear, Ear Hair Trimmer. Take a look in the mirror, and I guarantee you'll see hair sticking out of those holes. It's time to get your ears and nose hair looking as nice as your clean-shaven pubes. The premium, <laughs> the premium manscaped weed whacker uses a 9,000 RPM motor-powered 360-degree rotary dual-blade system. Its intelligently contoured design enhances the trimming experience and is waterproof, which makes for easy operation and cleaning. Look, fellas, 79%, 79% partners polled admitted that long nose hair is a major turnoff. So it's time to upgrade your Manscaped routine with the Weed Whacker. Go to manstate.com, check out some of these life-changing products. Listeners of this show will get 20% off plus free shipping with the code armchair at manscaped.com. That's 20% off. Use code armchair. It's time to grab 2020 by the horns by shaving that front trunk and trimming that annoying nose hair. Great job. I feel alive. That was, that was great. That was, that was amazing. Vigorous. That's the best I, thing I've ever done. It, seven nine thousand RPM, that that's perfect. Because I you have those hairs. I need those hairs to be mm-hmm. a Highlander. I need I need a quick military death. Yeah. Seven or eight soldiers death. Thousand RPM not gonna do it. That's not gonna I do, can't it. do it. I truly I, I'll probably get one for free, which I'm very excited for. Yeah. But it's an underrated I thing, man. Nose hair nose I mean, hair I is stick, a gross thing. I stick a pair of scissors up my nose in uh, you know, infrequently. Like not like No, I know what you like the little hair trimmers. And it's not a pleasurable experience so yeah it's not looking forward to this weed whacker for sure all right let's chat about the offense before we get into position groups what are each of your thoughts on messingham's play calling as a whole you know i I think i think that it was um i I wouldn't say it's inconsistent but but i think the offensive line play was inconsistent so it made his job a little bit difficult because you want to dial up. You know, it, they they were trying everything, right? They were trying to attack that TCU defense with with various run schemes. Um, uh, did they have a couple trick plays? No, I don't think they the, did. The, the, the TCU did the throw to Briley. They did a. It was just a it's play nice, action. Yeah, it was yeah. a nice play action, but no, no, like, yeah, true no, trick real, plays. no real true trick plays. So yeah, so I, I like I like the concepts that they had, like because like I said, they're they're running each way and just weren't having that continued success to be like, okay, we're going to commit to that. Um, and then some of the throws from Will Howard were, were great. And some of the throws were not so great too. He had some misses that I'm sure he'll want back. But um, I think overall, like he, he needs to figure that out, but that's also players to blame as well too. Yeah. I don't have many complaints. Obviously we're focusing on protecting the ball. Um, there's a lot of long third down, <coughs> uh, which getting into long third downs is one, uh, problem but but doing design QB runs on third down I mean it worked for the 80 yard run but didn't really work after that and uh but yeah I think that's just don't force it if you don't have to and then when Howard like you said made some throws um he had really good touch I thought like he dropped one in to deuce as he was being tackled running to his left that was impressive um the throw to Briley he was about to get smacked so I think uh you know, I was. It was nice to see that they opened up the playbook enough for him to throw downfield and over the middle. And you know, he completed a few of this. So I was, I was impressed by that. Yeah, I didn't have too many gripes, honestly, with Messingham's overall game. It's tough to do things when you're not winning the line of scrimmage. Um, but I mean, they did enough to get it done. I thought we were pretty aggressive, actually, on first and second down, which was interesting. 
Um, that's what kind of led to those conservative third downs, I would say. But um, overall, not terrible. Had to protect, kind of be a little more conservative with your freshman uh, quarterback, which is who we're going to talk about now. Mr. Will Howard gets his first career road start, first career start in general. Um, he goes eight and nine, eight of 19 for 117 yards passing and one interception. And then he had 13 carries for 86 yards and one touchdown and a long of 80. <laughs> so outside <laughs> of an 80-yard draw, <laughs> will we be able to get enough out of Will Howard's legs going forward? What do you think, Dr. Short? Um, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Are you don't focus on that on he had wide open space and he and, he, and he's dumbled. <laughs> hey, he, he juked out a safety, I think, or it may have been a, a small linebacker. Like he would have been tackled for just a ten yard gain, I think, or fifteen yard gain before that eighty. And I think uh I think he actually can get up to a, a decent clip. Um it just takes him a while to get there. So like that the sixty yards in the middle there, I think he was moving pretty good. He just does not accelerate like Skyler does. So it's tough to say. I think um I think we ran him too much probably and and didn't run our running backs enough um but maybe not uh, it's, it's hard to it's hard to say uh i don't think he's gonna win us games on his legs um uh versus his arm but we'll just we'll just have to see 13 carries is a lot um i think a couple of those count as sacks um i didn't look into mm-hmm. the details but he did get sacked a couple of times so because he was it's 0.5 yards per carry let's on the say other 11 true yeah. carries I think that's too much for Will Howard, especially on the road against an aggressive defense. But, I mean, I think he can offer something in the run game with his legs. I just think we need to be more selective with what we're doing. But um, he finished – let's talk about his passing. Um, Finished 8 of 19 for 117 yards. I'll go to Nick on this. Uh, What do you think Howard uh, improved on in the passing game just from last week? I'd say that touch pass that got called back – I mean that was an absolute dime. Mm-hmm. Um, I know it wasn't; it didn't count, but that was an absolute dime. And it's the things you look for when you have a, a true freshman quarterback. Who I mean, geez, this is his first start. Yeah. I mean, so you know, back to Messingham, you know, he's limited. You know, because used to having Skyler with the playbook wide open, and you kind of have to figure each other out, right? The O coordinator and the quarterback, and they haven't really kind of figured each other out yet. And that just comes through playing games. Like you could have no school, a full work week, and you still wouldn't have like, okay, this is what you do well, right? I mean, there was growing, think back to when Skylar was younger in, in, the, in the 90s, and, and, you know, they had to figure out what Skylar could do. And Skylar, when he first started, he was not the best runner. And now he's got confidence, right? And I think that's what they're trying to do by, by letting Will run some more is, we know you have legs. Um, you haven't, you know, you still have your kind of baby deer on ice legs, so once you get some more hits on you, yes. once you get to carry the ball in live situations that you can't replicate in deep in practice, uh, your running will will age like a fine wine. Yeah. I think he'll get stronger and more athletic. Mm-hmm. You know, he he looks a little pudgy out there. <laughs> He's got his baby fat. So I I don't think this year he'll be a good runner, but I think eventually he could be a, a serviceable runner. Um, yeah, baby deer on ice is a good way to put that. Um, particularly with that stumble near the end <laughs> of the game that could have iced it, but. Yeah. That was a great play call. I saw people complaining about that. Um, they bit hard on Deuce, and he 
had it and tripped. I mean, so it's not on Messingham. It's just you talk about it often, execution. Mm-hmm. Um, when p- players don't execute, people blame the coaches. But that was a great play call. So That was brilliant, yeah, if you would have had it. But I think you know, what happens when you're young, you know, your eyes get really big, and, oh, yeah. and it, you don't panic, but you wanna, you wanna, your brain is thinking quicker than your feet. And he just, he just stumbled, man. It happens. He just needs to get some plyometrics going. <laughs> he'll, he'll get stronger throughout his career. Yeah, I, need, I need to see a video of him doing plyo. You need to do some P90X. Oh, there yeah. you go. <laughs> Insanity. <laughs> so, Hazen, where is he lacking um, from last week, and what does he need to do to work on the bye week going forward? Well, what can he improve on? Um, I think getting a little more z- – it was interesting because his throwing was – was he lofted it in a few times, and it was the right thing to do because he was throwing over the uh, you know the linebacker that that area of the field um, and dropping him in. But he had some ducks, he had some get away from him. He just completely missed on Chebastian and threw it. I don't even know what he was doing there. So, so I think just cleaning that up, making better decisions. Uh, I'm not a football guy, like so I don't know exactly what he needs to do other than just get better. I, I, to take one from climbing, <laughs> just you know get better every day, every play. Focus on the here and now, whatever that kind of thing. <laughs> that was I like that. Yeah, I, I felt like I was in like the locker room when you said just get better every day. Just just, <laughs> I, I, just I, he just needs a saw on wood. There you go. Then you got you got to pound the stone. Right, He's pound win it. the dang day. And win yeah. the dang day. Yes, all those things. Well, I, and I think I mean you go back to like man, he's this is his first start, and his first start is on the road versus a perennially scary or not even scary defense, just a really great defense. You know, they you always know with this game whether it's played in Fort Worth or played in Manhattan, to, to take the under. Because you know it's not going to be point scored. Oh, yeah. And it's going to be grimy. Yeah, a lot of people think it's going to be a high-scoring game. And what? Like, what are they talking have about? You not <laughs> seen this, have you not seen this rivalry yeah. over the years? No, it's like, always a really boring game. Honestly. It is a boring game. M- remember the game where, where, they, where they had, like, what, no students? Was that last year or the year before? Where it was, like, it must have been two years ago. Where it was, like, negative 50 in Fort Worth. I think we won, like, 10 to 9. Yeah. We lost. Yeah, we lost. Yeah, nine to seven or something, something like yeah. That. It was terrible. Honestly, their stadium looked about as full as usual. Like they yeah. just have a horrible fan base. So. They do. There's so much to do in Fort Worth. So I'm from Grapevine, so it's yeah. like 30 minutes down the road. So you're like, eh, I don't really want to see that. Plus, hey, were you guys not confused? Like all the purple on TCU. Like I mm-hmm. always get confused. I'm like, what, do we have a new coach. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like the, yeah, on the, on yeah. The well, you never know yeah. which sideline they're looking at. Exactly. Yeah. So I think what stood out to me um, with Will Howard's performance is, I mean, obviously, needs some help. Um, and you you talked about execution gets blamed on the coaches. Execution often gets blamed on the quarterback too. Mm-hmm. I mean, wide receivers have got to help us out um, going forward. And Skyler was a victim of that too. He can drop dimes, and people will black those out of their memory if, mm-hmm. they, if it's a drop. Um, but freshman quarterback, he's got to get some help going forward. What I liked about him is, I mean, he's certainly not afraid. I mean, he had basically zero hesitation yesterday, and he was chucking it. Um, so that's good going forward. I think he's he's got the mental fortitude to be a quarterback going forward. But yeah. um, going into the going into the bye week, I mean, I don't even know. Yeah, you're right. I'm not a football guy guy either. But I just think we need to get some plays that like do get him in rhythm early. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, it seems like we try to do that with DJ Render a little bit, but. Um, Speaking of out of nowhere, DJ Render. Like yeah, DJ Render out of nowhere. One thing I would like to see Will Howard stop doing is throwing off of his back foot. Um, oh, yeah. Stay it's in the, the pocket. It's the it is the Mahomes syndrome. syndrome. Yeah, yeah. And it's like there's one quarterback on earth that I'm only okay one. with doing that. Only one. And it's Patrick Mahomes. Um, so 
trusting his pocket a little more, which is difficult because the pocket yes. is not great. But, um, you know, staying in, staying in his like, I don't know what you want to call it, his his regular throwing motion. And if you got to take a hit, you're gonna have to take a hit. But it's better than throwing off your back foot. And you can tell, you can see. I mean, he's he's got the arm strength and he's got that touch. But I think he would probably be a little bit more accurate if he would stop mm-hmm. throwing off his back foot. Yeah. But um, let's move forward. And Nick, we're gonna talk about the offensive line. But no, I'll I got it from here actually. Oh, <laughs> offensive line. <laughs> yeah, I'll just sit this one out. <laughs> I just want to give you, or I want you to give an overarching grade and discussion on what you saw from the offensive line yesterday. Um, and I'll just let you be kind of vague, and then we can get into the details. So I, I think I think ov- overall you you didn't really get the job done, but you got the job done, if if that makes sense, right? So I think it just it just there was no you didn't feel that that cohesion, or you never felt like they really like the the line of scrimmage, like their defensive line, TCU's front, kind of controlled the line of scrimmage, but in a weird way. Like, there was no ma- major stats. Um, you know, I'm looking, you, you know, you said there were, what, two sacks and seven tackles for loss. I mean, that's that's rough. Uh, some of those tackles for loss were on, on you know, broken plays and, um, you know, scrambles. So um, I would say C plus, my overall grade, just because um, I, I thought there were some, some solo players getting beat here and there. And and so it's just one of those games where, where I wasn't pissed. I wasn't like, like – look back at the Cotton Bowl versus Arkansas where I wanted to break my TV because the O-line play was so bad. Um, but it wasn't like versus Oklahoma where they were controlling it and they were having their way. You know, you dial up a run play, it's going to happen. Just they can never – I mean, look at Will Howard's running stats too. I mean, take out the 80-yard play and he does not have much yards. Yeah, and Deuce too. Those, last three, too. those mm-hmm. last three runs at the end of the game gave him the bulk of his yards. Exactly. Like he was doing terrible. So, yeah, him. so they really – they weren't – like I said, they weren't really just, just – crushing them like like i hope to personnel pretty much looked the same across the board outside of bb being out carver willis did replace uh leviston early on but they seem to kind of rotate throughout the game penalties wise i mean i don't recall i don't recall any false starts i could be wrong um i remember a holding call that backed us up but overall penalties pretty clean game from the line um we gave up two sacks seven tackles for loss averaged 4.5 yards per carry um thanks will and yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. One run basically yeah. gets us there. Total rushing, 172 yards. Hazen, how important is it to get BB back <laughs> going forward? Do you think Willis should start for Leviston? Sure. Yeah, it's really important and sure. Yeah, I don't know anything okay. about offensive line. Nick, take it. <laughs> yeah. Take it away. You uh, know, offensive no. lineman. I I think uh, there were, there was a couple plays where, where Leviston he showed some some aggression, and there was one late late on where Deuce had a big run. And I don't think he was touched until about 10 yards deep. And I actually had a picture, but I think I got too much into the bourbon. I forgot to tweet it out or I couldn't find the relevant context or it lost me when we didn't convert like the the third down or or something. We had to punt it late. And I was like, oh, crap, we could TCU could turn around and, you know, do this. So so I kind of got lost and shuffled. But I thought Lewis had it where he was laying on his defender. So that to me is a sign of, of that confidence, and it's it's tough, man. When you like, I played as a true freshman, you know, started it, and it's it's super tough because you know your head's still spinning, you you're learning the playbook, and you're not quite as aggressive as you want to be because that just takes time. Um, but when you do that, when you pancake someone, and when you lay on them, uh, we used to call it the um, the shamu splash, right? You know how they, the 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 shamu would would splash on the uh, on the trainers. So yeah, um, but he was he did that, and for him to do that in a game, I was like, okay, Levis, I see you. 
So yeah, but but they're still not, it's still undecided. I'm undecided on who's better because I've seen Leviston make some bad plays and some good plays, and the same with Willis. Yeah, offensive line still struggling as a unit, um, kind of growing into their roles. But uh, hopefully, I mean, did enough to get it done. Yeah. Did enough to get it done. But um, I think that's offense. just a testament to the yeah. coaching staff. It, it is. Yeah. Pulling, and, Riley, pulling yeah. and I think having a true freshman quarterback makes it a harder job for the O-line. It does. Um, would be my assumption. But, it does. No, yeah. it does. Some shout out Connor Riley, right, for, for putting together a good unit. I mean, they got the size. They got the aggression. You know, they don't lack for that. So you're right. We do have to remember that, you know, this is a brand new quarterback. So their playbook was limited. Yeah. And I think wide receivers playing better is going to help yeah. a ton with the O-line too. Hopefully – that can come to fruition. Um, tight ends, fullbacks. Nick, fullbacks, no carries for any of, um, of them yesterday, but um, did you see anything specific from the fullbacks that you feel like is worth commenting on? I mean, I mean, I, I, this kind of will, will carry over to running backs, but but Harry Trotter kind of is spanning both of those, yeah. man. Um, he had, a, you know, he had he an awesome had, block. Man, he sliced someone in the open field, man, and mm. I was like, that dude has no – upper half right he's gonna have to they're gonna have to bring him back as a centaur uh, <laughs> <laughs> because i forgot who we cut from harry trotter did for tcu but it was an awesome 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 block that i was like you get an o-line sticker for that one harry yeah for for being a, a fullback role i saw somebody tweet out that jacks had a monster blocking game like was crushing people i did not have i just don't have the eyes to see all that as it's happening but it was unfortunate um i think the arkansas state game hurt him because was that the one he got the penalty for walking over? <laughs> yeah, Jack did. I mean, it's 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 unfortunate. You Finally can't got his like pancake block yeah. in the open field uh, and yeah, he, got he called crushed back. him. He 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 murdered him. Yeah, that was that was a murder in broad daylight. And yeah, he did the uh, Allen Iverson, uh, Tyron Lue step over, which you can't do anymore. <laughs> uh, <tight laughs> you ends. know what I'm talking about, oh, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Tight ends, two catches for Briley Moore, uh, 38 yards, and a drop for Wheeler inside the five. Let's talk about uh, that Wheeler drop. Should that have been a catch? Let's I just say know. that. Should that have been know. a catch? I don't know. I have no idea. I, I, if I was a TC fan, I'd say that's for sure a drop. As a TC <laughs> fan, I'm like, for sure that's a catch. So right. it's one of those plays where I thought since it was called a catch, it. I mean, this is probably Casey bias, but I think it should have been a, upheld. He caught it, secured it, didn't bobble it, took two steps on the way to the ground, knee down, shoulder down, then the ball gets ripped out. Obviously, I saw that in super slow motion like 30 times. So in my head, I'm like, yeah, it's a catch. But in real time, it looked like a drop for sure. And I was surprised they called it a catch on the field. And so I'm not too upset about it. But I just think it's a dumb rule. I mean, everything you just said pretty much constitutes that's a catch. Yeah. How can I you think make the rule's bad both ways. If TCU caught it, I would be like, that's, I mean, that's a catch. Yeah. I mean, what's a football move? How You can't make a football move as you're diving to the ground catching a 40-yard catch over the shoulder you know without bobbling it like you can't juke or you know what, what's a football move that is a football move yeah how is two steps and then knee down shoulder down not a football move and then the, the defensive back gets his arm in and rips, rips it out, it out. after and the the ground can't cause a fumble but, right right but that, if you're on the ground thinking. and down the defender can cause a fumble or whatever i don't know no and, and it's I've, I've looked at it both ways and Pereira messed me up he really screwed me up because i was i was convinced Let's let's build a moat around this hill and let's die on it that it was a catch. But he said something that really stood out to me, and it was um, he did take two steps. So he acknowledged, right, uh, it's a great argument, he acknowledged the two steps. But he said that was gravity 
carrying him down. And like, it was like one of those moments where prayers and I, we, we, we locked and I'm like, God, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And I was like, is that the bourbon talking or, or what? But, <laughs> but, but it made sense. Cause he said it was two steps, but it was a natural falling motion yeah. and he didn't complete it. So I was like, all right, I'll, I'll give you that. Not a catch. Yeah, if it would have been the NFL, I would have been shocked if they would have called that a catch. I feel, Correct. Like they, I feel like college has been a little bit more lenient on that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, whatever. Uh, <laughs> Briley looked great. Whatever. Uh, he had the the great play action. Uh, I don't think they scored on that, but they got down within the five. And then he had another one where uh, Thomas was scrambling and found him. Uh, it was like a shoestring throw. Uh, that was a good. He did make he a needs, nice catch, but that made up, up for his bad drop. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He needs to step up. Um, the tight ends are going to have to step up if the wide receivers don't. And so – We'll just see, I guess. I think it expands. I think with this offense and anytime you have a new quarterback, your security blanket, and this is even goes for NFL quarterbacks, uh, rookies or new starters, your security blanket is always your tight end. I mean, even Mahomes, I don't feel like Mahomes gets really going until he completes it to Kelsey. Like, and then it's like everyone can kind of breathe. You get that catch. And then it's a weird concept, but then they focus on the inside, right, where the tight end is, which opens up routes. Because now that safety's thinking, oh crap, I forgot about the tight end. Yeah, if and we can get Deuce and Briley to be consistent threats, I don't understand what the problem is with the wide receivers. I guess we'll talk about that. We'll talk about <laughs> them. Before we do that, let's talk about the running backs. Okay. Deuce Vaughn, 14 carries, 43 yards with a long of 10. Um, had a difficult time getting going yesterday, um, but got going when it mattered at the end to get us a first down and uh, apply that pressure to TCU, force them to burn some timeouts. How would you grade Hazen, Deuce Vaughn's performance yesterday, and are the stats are the stats deceiving? I don't know. Uh, so grade, like an A, a I mean, B, C. you could just talk um, about it as I'll give him a thumbs up because I don't <laughs> think it deserves like a grade. Is that a completion grade? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he he got gets, a completion he grade. He got a completion. Um, he obviously didn't have the big – he had the 45-yard catch um, that was on that – crazy will running to the left throwing off yeah. his back foot which you don't like but it was a great throw and uh and so that was great but the 43 yards i looked up last night uh 27 of the 43 were on the last those last three rushes uh to close the game out which is huge like not to take away like that's when it matters the most so um so like are the stats deceiving i mean yes and no um it wasn't a huge game i think it was like 88 total yards for him which is good for a true freshman uh yards from scrimmage um but we just have come to expect 200 yard performances from this kid <laughs> so so yeah like if you compare him to the last few weeks and the expectations uh you know he didn't do great but he didn't fumble he didn't make really any big mistakes uh, and he closed the game out for us so it was a big big time performance i think and and that's why to me why i didn't give the o-line a, a bad grade because when it counted yeah the running lanes were there like I remember in the fourth quarter being very pleased that okay we can we can close it out you know you have that ability because if you would, if they would have kept struggling like they did the previous three quarters then it would have been a C minus or a possibly a D plus yeah well right. we probably would have lost the game yeah if we exactly close it out there. exactly so you and, have to and back to uh to Trotter he actually had a higher yards per carry than than Vaughn um and like you said had the killer block on that uh Brooks jet sweep so. Mm-hmm. He had a great game, and I think we'll probably get into it a little bit, the whole Jacardia versus Trotter and all that. But Trotter's showing me enough that he deserves to be out there right now, and he doesn't have the break, like game-breaking speed or strength that some of these other running backs do, but he can do everything pretty good, um, and that's pretty valuable to have. It is, and senior leadership in that, in that running back room. 
Yeah, Trotter, eight carries, 27 yards with a long of eight, so statistically not a great day. But, Nick, talk about what he does that people don't see. Why is he out there over Jacardia Wright most of the time? Well, I think one of them is, is I think Trotter is a true north and south runner, and he runs ferociously. He is an aggressive runner where he doesn't shy from contact, and if he sees any sort of crease or any sort of lane or any sort of space, um, he's going to hit it with gusto. And, and you can tell he is familiar with the plays, too, because, like, on that cut, you don't make an aggressive cut like that unless you know exactly. You line up, say, there's my assignment. Okay, here's my assignment. Slice, right? And, and when, once you can do that, that means you have the playbook down. You know you know your role. You know what you're supposed to do. And so, yeah, he brings aggression. Um, you know, he, he's, you know, he's going to run through arm tackles, which helps you out as an offensive lineman. And just like I said, he's he's a downhill runner in in every sense of the word. Yeah, they had similar games in my opinion. They got on most of their runs, they got stuffed at the line, both Trotter and Deuce. And so there wasn't a big drop off <laughs> either way with that. Um, and like you said, when he gets down to the goal line, like not this game, the game before, he can punch it in from five out pretty well. So, and I just don't worry about him missing a block or fumbling it. Um, and I think that's where the coaches probably are coming from too. So. I would agree. Jacardi, right, he was actually in on a couple of plays, which included that pass to Bradley Moore that set up first and goal. Do you think that's an indication of the coaches starting to trust him more? And how would you like to see Wright used going forward? I, I think last year, you know, did, did a really good job of, of managing the, the running backs. You had three running backs who were really good. And, and some days you have to just see who's got the hotter hand or, or who's clicking versus a defense. And, and I think you've got to explain it to the running backs too, man. You know, you know Deuce is our starter, but we want to get everyone in. And it's a team system where, where you can limit, you know, the amount of hits to you as a running back. By, by getting someone else in, you can see how they're doing it. And it throws up defenses too. Like, right, do you have to prepare for, do, do you, do you want to play a, a heavier, a heavier like sort of run stopper in, in your packages? Or, or are you going to get exposed if you have a nickel uh, in there for, for your, as your, your Will linebacker, your Sam linebacker? So it definitely gives defenses something to, to think about for sure when you use that, that duo or trio of running backs. I agree. Moving on to the receivers. Difficult day for the receiving core. Um, reception totals here, we just have um, eight catches. Vaughn, one reception for 45 yards. Briley Moore, two receptions for 38 yards. DJ Render, three receptions for 24 yards. And Shabazz Taylor, two catches for 10 yards. So really only two wide receivers contributed yesterday. Um, DJ Render kind of came out of nowhere. Um, Hazen, what has happened to Malik Knowles? Do you think that we will see him contribute this season? Um, I yeah. mean, what has happened? <laughs> I almost opinion? texted you on Friday and said, Malik's going to have a huge game tomorrow. <laughs> uh, glad I didn't do that, but I guess I just said it out loud. Um, I don't know. I have no idea what's going on with Malik. Uh, it doesn't appear that he's like significantly injured. Uh, I don't know if it's an attitude problem. Climbing on this post game presser made it sound like he wasn't sure <laughs> what was going on with the wide receiver room. Uh, he's like, I have to look into that. So I don't know. Yeah, that it's, was an interesting It's answer. a big cluster right now, to be honest. And uh, it, I, the exciting thing to me is our receivers are dog shit, right? And we're 3-0 and in the Big 12. And so if, and this is, you know, optimism cap, if we can just get some decent production, just average, like total 150 yards out of all the receivers a, a game, like, that would just be huge, especially with if Howard is our guy for the rest of the year. And so 
I don't know. The short answer is I don't know what's going on with Malik, but I hope he gets it together. And I think it's unlikely we'll finish the year with him not having at least a good game. Uh, I'm just hoping he can consistently get back out there because, you know, Shabash didn't have a great game. Malik didn't have a great game. Brooks, his biggest play was an end around and a punt return. Um, Youngblood, let's, Youngblood looked horrible out there. Like when I saw the replays of him trying to run a route, he literally couldn't get more than two inches away from the, the defensive back, like the entire route. He was just, they're stuck on him. And I don't know if it's coming off an injury. He's just not as fast or quick as he was. Um, or he's just not a great route runner, which we kind of knew about before. He's not his natural position, but I was just expecting more from Youngblood uh, specifically. Um, yeah, it was, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Like I said, I'm optimistic that if we can get at least some production, we'll be a lot better off. But Nick, how far can we realistically go with, I mean, the wide receivers barely have a pulse at this moment, but we're 3-0 and in the Big 12, as Hazen mentioned. But how far can we go with such little contribution? Because eventually you think that's going to probably catch up with us. It will. I, I think if, if any team is able to have some success against our defense, I mean, look, at, and I never do this, but if you look at, at Tech, Texas Tech, what held him 21 points, shot him out in the first half mm-hmm. last, last week. Um, and then the week before, they put up 50 on Texas. I mean, this is a really, 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 do I say great defense? Really good. I mean, they're a, they're fundamental so far. They're fundamental. Um, that that you know, we'll get into it in a, in a sec. But um, the defense is playing nice, and and once you look back to the receivers, it's like how much production do you need? You need what it takes to get the job done. Did the offense get the job done yesterday? No, because the defense had to score, and and that was what what changed the game, mm-hmm. right? So, um, missed missed throws from Will. You know, he had, like like we talked about. You know, he had some really. He dropped in a couple dimes, and there were also some passes where I'm like, that could have been a little higher. Um, not the receiver's fault. He dropped that. It was a bad position, and and it takes time too. So all these receivers are used to Skyler, right? Yeah, right. Used to how Skyler throws it, how he likes where he likes to throw it to, who his favorite targets are. Now the wide receivers, they don't know who the favorite, who the chosen one is anymore. And no. I think that's part of the reason DJ Render had some success in the first half is that's probably some scout team hookups right there. Mm-hmm. Um, DJ Render is in the same recruiting class as Skylar Thompson. I looked this up last night because I'm like, I'm not sure if this guy's been here for one year or six years, <laughs> and it's six. <laughs> um, and this is like his fifth position change or something crazy like that. Um, but, yeah, he was actually a f- fairly, I mean, as far as K-State goes, decent recruit um, and has just been bouncing around trying to find a spot. And, you know, mm-hmm. that first – first couple drives we didn't have him we might not have come up with many points so he was big time in this game even though he just had what 20 24 yards so but i don't want to depend on dj Render to, to win big 12 games so like a, yeah i think two weeks of of bye weeks basically i don't KU. care i don't care who steps up yeah I think, just fucking I think the reps the ball yeah. open. <laughs> i think the next two weeks just I don't care the reps the reps with, with howard and the with receivers it's gotta it's gotta help because here's the thing we can't be any worse it can't right. get any worse than this. Well, I, I, I mean, I just feel like you just jinxed it. Like, how are you? We're gonna get no catches. There's gonna be a lot of jinxes. Right? I'm exactly. gonna put out a lot of jinxes. Today. You are. It can't get any worse. Like, surely 2020 can't get any worse. <laughs> oh God! I don't know. Is that so, Godzilla coming over those buildings over there? Yeah. Um. So you mentioned Nick. Yes, we agree that Will Howard needs to get more accurate. I mean, there was clearly some throws that were not even close. Um. 
But a lot of that could be due to the wide receivers and new quarterback and timing. Um, so maybe his accuracy isn't as bad as we're giving him credit for, but um, we'll see. Let's talk about the defense. Klanerman, I thought, called an amazing game. Um, excellent job containing TCU's speed. Kept Duggan guessing, often with creative play call. And I'm going to credit Cole Mann back here for some of these stats that stood out to me. Yesterday we held TCU to four yards per pass attempt, down from nine per pass, att- per pass attempt, which was had them at 10th nationally. And since the fourth quarter of the Oklahoma game, our defense has allowed 35 points on 28 possessions, which is 1.3 points per drive. So the defense is on a nice run. Um, each of you, I want you to fill in the blank for me here. Okay. That was the best defensive game from K-State since when? Second half of you. <laughs> <laughs> no, f- a complete game? Uh, That's unmatched, man. Yeah. You need to put a banner on that one. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I, d- I looked at this on the outline, and I was going to go look it up, but I didn't. Um, I don't know. I don't know. What it's, uh, I'm trying to think. I mean, last year, Scotty Hazleton had some really good defensive games. Yeah. Um, you don't have to fill in the blank if you don't. No, have I, a nice no, 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 ready. no. I, I, no, I do. I do. I'm trying. I was trying to look up the Tech score, but um, gosh, Texas Tech since last week. Seriously, yeah. I was like, I mean, th- outside th- th- of a th- terrible third quarter where right. they gashed us. I mean, yeah. No, I mean, it was fantastic, and to put together back-to-back weeks. I mean, you know, these have the TCU can be an explosive offense if you let them. Yeah. But I mean, we've had ten straight quarters of like really good defense. Yeah. Like second half of OU, all of Tech. I mean, the the third quarter versus Tech was not a good quarter. I think here's the difference um, between last week and this week. Uh, last week, third down efficiency was terrible. Tech ran off eight straight third downs. Yeah. This week, TCU only five of seventeen, so we were able to get them off the field a bunch of times, force punts. Um, so that was an enormous turnaround. We've been kind of waiting for that. Um, Klanerman's kind of been a little bit shaky in that situational third down defense. So. I think the defense reminded me of the 2012 game versus um, West Virginia when we just put oh, Gino man. in his place because I was afraid of Duggan um, and we crunched him so many times he couldn't he couldn't complete a short pass on a critical third down and he would have hit that if he was healthy and we just beat him up so much and yeah so it it, go, it takes me back to a game where we just dominate a quarterback that should play a lot better than they did but just because our defense put the pressure on him it's fantastic in, in the d-line that's where it all comes and climb said that in the post game the big di- biggest difference and Klanerman said it too i think and everybody's been saying that, is our d-line can get pressure with four not three, as the broadcast team kept saying. We have four down linemen. It's not a three-man rush <laughs> when you have four down linemen. That was driving me nuts. It was one of those little, like, he said that like five times. God, it pissed me off. Um, but, yeah. They were awful. They were just awful, and we'll bring it up again, I'm sure, before the end of this. But, yeah, I mean, Hubert, Duke, Wiley, um, um, Massey. Pickle, Massey. Uh, we just have depth, and everybody's good. Like, we can just – Sub in our second. Well, I would say our second string D line, and we'll get to the position. Sorry, I get ahead of myself. But number <laughs> forty did not look as good out there as the rest of them. I, th- I can't remember who it was. Um, Trussell, Spencer Trussell, is that his name? I think so. Um, yeah, he was not getting to push. But I mean, you know, seven out of eight D linemen are playing like elite right now, and that's the difference. We're just getting pressure on the quarterback and dropping back everybody, and uh, it's hard to it's hard to beat a team that's that's good like that. Yeah, we hit really hard, too. I, I think I love the attitude of this defense. Dare I say, Nick, that they have a lynch mob mentality to them? Do yes. they have a little bit of that DNA? Yes, 100% yes. Speed. Uh, uh, aggression. 
um, you know, putting hits on a quarterback. I mean, that was old school, um, 2003 Jason Wyatt type thing, you know, just hits after hit after hit after hit. I mean, it, it showed up. I loved it. Yeah. We're, just, we're just deep. I'm just sorry. I'm, okay, I'm excited. Ahead. I'm just super excited. We are deep. And go ahead. I mean, looking again at the, as a, at the defense at a macro level, it's so impressive we're doing this with, like, so many young guys. So it's fun. So going forward, a lot of excitement. But Perfect for recruiting, too. Perfect for recruiting. And they've been harping on that. You can tell on social media and oh pretty yeah. much every single interview yeah. that Kleiman does, he talks about how he's, he's always doing some sort of recruiting pitch, which I love about the you man. He be. knows how to, to run a program. He's, he's the man. It's yeah. crazy to watch recruiting midseason. So Still not used to it. Defense, I know, yeah. <laughs> Defensive line. Um, statistics here, Massey had six tackles, one tackle for loss. Wiley had four tackles, two tackles for loss. Hubert, three tackles. Huggins, three tackles, one for a loss. Gaines, two, ca- two tackles. Uh, Duke, one tackle. And I think one quarterback, Curry. And hence one tackle. So overall, I thought it was a pretty strong performance from the line. It seems like a lot of tackles. It's I think tackles. I think six is leading the team. That I, I don't think anybody else got more than six. Um, um, we'll talk about that. I think AJ Parker had six, but um, you're right. Right, leading the team. Um, Duggan was rarely comfortable yesterday, as we noted. He took a lot of big hits. Uh, the unit recorded two sacks coming from Bronson Massey and Drew Wiley, and two quarterback hurries from Massey and Huggins. Nick, I thought the line was dominant Saturday. Um, did anybody's particularly stand out to you, or do you think it was just like a well-rounded performance? It was. It was really cool because I think um, I think Duggan was able to to get out in space on maybe one or two plays for a scramble because I thought they were there was a couple times where they were more focused on on getting a sack instead of playing containment. But for the most part, I mean, consistently versus OU versus Tech, they've shown that that they just need four. And yeah. then, I mean, they can line – they all switch spots, you know, on those third and long, second and longs, obvious passing situations. And, you know, Massey will line up over a tackle and, you know, Hubert will come inside, you know, type thing. So, it's – we got some studs yeah. for sure. And it's, it's the first time in a long while where we've had a complete defensive unit. Yeah, I think the tackles surprised me the most because we all knew the ends – well, we knew why it was going to be good and we thought – Duke was going to be good based off the hype, and it, that turned out to be true. But tackles, it's like Drew Wiley, he's been here a long time. He's never been a stud, but he was a stud. He was probably my favorite D lineman to watch uh, yesterday. He was just getting penetration, um, two tackles for loss. Um, uh, it was just fun to watch our line. And then when we do bring a cornerback or a linebacker on blitz, they usually, they usually find, you know, they usually get in the backfield. So, and we don't have to do these jailhouse blitzes we we can just send one or two or none and still get a, a lot of pressure so it's fun to watch i don't think i've seen a d-line like this since maybe the 2012 That's with exciting. meshack and all this because when we had jordan willis and reggie walker like they, they were both good but the across the board the d-line wasn't as good as they are now in my they didn't have the interior strength yeah. yeah yeah and you really need that those, un- those or, are the or the, true or the, the people to rotate it rotate in at the end like a boom massey who's playing maybe the best of all the d- defensive ends right now, um, which is crazy because we have two guys that are probably going to be in the NFL with, with Duke and, and Hubert uh, ahead of him. So, yeah, it's exciting. It's what did you exciting. see from Hubert yesterday that you liked, and what are your thoughts on I that liked end the of the hit. game penalty? I liked that hit. I think it was clean. I mean, that's the thing. A few years ago, that would not even been considered a penalty. Things are just gravitating so much towards protecting the quarterback, which I understand. Um, but he pushed him with his hands and, and his chest, it wasn't um, late. It wasn't no. late. It was as as he released it. 
Uh, it wasn't his head and neck. Although I'll give the refs credit, Duggan doesn't really have a neck, and so <laughs> it kind of just looks like any blow above his nipples, as they say. Right. Um, is probably a head and neck injury or a head and neck whatever. But yeah, obviously not targeting. That was the most infuriating thing I've ever listened to. Is that guy being so confident There's, in himself, yeah, and man, then immediately being like, "Oh yes, that is the right answer." <laughs> yeah, right. As, yeah. It was he like. Did. He immediately got well. off his horse he and was did. like pretending it would never never happen. He's going off but, on Twitter this morning. But too. Hubert, really, like people, K State fans were going after him. He was quote tweeting him, like freaking yeah. out. Yeah. Well, he probably he shouldn't have had. Speaking of too much bourbon, I think he had a few sips before. He was. Maybe. He seemed a little slurred throughout the entire. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Hubert, that was the one thing that really stuck out to me. Um, he seemed to be getting good pressure. He didn't seem to be taking it as big of. Uh, angles as as he had in the past doing a little bit more uh on um containing so i think he played pretty well uh nick duke only recorded one tackle but i thought he had a, another great disruptive game what makes him such an exciting young player um he's ferocious and, and i tweeted he was he, that he's a dog and i i it's the highest compliment because as a d lineman that's what you want to do man like right what do dogs do right dogs chase cars Right. And, and, and that's what he does, man. He just chases the ball yeah. and, and he just like, whatever it takes to get, uh, after it. I was about to, uh, before I tweeted that, I, I was about to be like, you missed that tackle. Damn you. And then he got it back. And I'm crazy. like, that's a dog move. Like, that's like, oh, I missed it, but I'm gonna stay on it instead of, you know, you know, giving up and, you know, oh shoot, sorry. No, he was like, I'm gonna stay on this cat. Yeah. And he got him. And I think it might've still been a sack or at least no game. Yeah, no was, game. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But that was crazy. Six yards behind the play. And then lunging and, and still getting that was a crazy play it was amazing really good closing he's speed huge no he's yeah. huge too it is he's a big boy I and like his it. number screws me up every time too because oh, yeah, i'm like oh they brought a safety blitz oh no they didn't no yeah. that's just uh oh, speaking of weird numbers is he the, the college quarterback that was like number 36 or something no that, oh never mind never mind <laughs> he was like this big chunky dude that looked like I don't know. Was it like a Jared, Jared Lorenzen RIP? Yeah, uh, it was their like backup that, like he's or like something. Wide, yeah, yeah, it was just this chubby dude wearing 36 wearing quarterback. <laughs> That's a bizarro. Moving on to the linebackers, uh, there were some whispers before the game that uh, the linebacker unit was possibly going to be thin due to COVID, so that was scary, but all the usual suspects were there. Um, Sullivan, six tackles, including a punishing hit on Duggan mm. that knocked mm. him out of the game for a period. Hughes, four tackles. Fletcher, four tackles. Green, three tackles with one sack. Um Hazen Sullivan led the line again. Do you think he's the most underrated defensive player in the Big 12? I feel like he gets zero respect. Yeah, I mean, probably. I, I don't have my ear to the ground on terms of, like, individual player accolades and all that stuff. But he's been solid his whole whole career, um, and he's just getting better. Like, his assignments, he just doesn't miss things. Um, and the thing I'm excited the most about linebackers, a little segue here, is that um, I think Green and Sullivan are very close to each other in terms of, uh, you know, the type of linebacker there. They're both a little undersized, very quick, could almost play like safety uh, if they lost like 10, 15 pounds. Um, and so when we rotate in uh, Green and Fletcher to replace um, Sullivan and Hughes, I feel like there's not much drop off there because they're very similar skill sets, those two. And the talent level of Fletcher, I think, is higher than people give him credit for. Um, in green as well and so hopefully we can like we've said in previous podcasts convince one of these linebackers to come back next year because you lose sullivan green or sorry sullivan hughes and fletcher next year if one of them comes back and compliments green and we bring up some young people that's going to be huge so that's just looking ahead but 
Yeah, they they played great. Sullivan's underrated for sure. Nick, uh, Fletcher had another quietly good game. Does he deserve more respect with what he brings to the linebacker unit? He does. You know, th- there was there was one time where it was like a good and bad same thing where um, I saw him made a, a nice run fit, a really good run fit, and where, where he kind of split uh, a double team or, or he went to the side of a double team and, and held his ground really good. And and it's a nothing play. He, he made a stop uh, for like a one-yard gain, and it's nothing play that you overlook. But, but I, I see that, and it's like, okay – he knows the scheme. He knows that he fits into a scheme, right? And then and then the next play I think he had missed a tackle or whatever and I was like, "Okay, well, you know, back to whatever." But but you, I I always look at like certain plays, especially for defensive people and it's like, "Okay, they know what they're supposed to do. Their assignment sound." And then that they're sure tacklers. So so he's definitely very underrated too. I mean, just just coming up what he had what four tackles and and I think that th- those were very key uh, in fitting and meshing with this defensive line because this defense and you know they're everything's based off that D line you know mm-hmm. and then and then the, but they're playing well as a team as well too because they're you know secondary is able to turn around and, and trust trust routes and and know that they're going to get after that quarterback. I want to talk about the secondary now, uh, the cream of the crop of the defense yesterday. Um, statistically, let's just go through it. Parker had six tackles, a pick six, and one tackle for loss. Will Jones, the second, had five tackles and one tackle for loss. Ross Elder had a better game yesterday. I thought he was more positionally sound. He had three tackles. My boy Echo Boydo, two tackles, was good in coverage, had a great stop on that third down by the marker. Uh, J-Mac, three tackles. Justin Gardner, another great Solid coverage game, uh, two tackles. Knocked down that final pass on the Hail Mary. Almost had another pick that was identical to the Oklahoma pick. He also had that running, sprinting backwards, shot his hand up at the last yes. second, pass breakup. That was huge. Uh, Lance Robinson, he had one tackle. Uh, just an overall sound performance from the secondary. Um, Nick, how good is A.J. Parker? And do you like that he's moved permanently to the nickel, it hell, looks like. Hell, yeah, absolutely. Well, and then shout-out to Klanderman, too, for, for seeing that, that this guy wants to be a hammer, right? This guy this guy craves contact. You know, he wants to put punishing blows on opposing offenses. And they go, okay, how can we utilize this better? Oh, let's put him in the nickel. And it's like a, like a perfect spot. It really is because once you have that aggression, you got that speed. Um, you know, when you have a secondary person like a – Roy Williams sort of uh, person who, who just loves contact, that's going to instill fear into any wide receiver from here on out that K-State plays, that, that they know that, that A.J. Parker is coming for you. And, and it's going to make them – it's going to maybe make them, you know, alligator arm it sometimes. I don't want full extension if, if A.J.'s lurking about mm-hmm. here somewhere. So it's cool. And when you put that sort of uh, um, fer- ferocity on tape, it gets respected. Yeah, I think I mean I think Parker's one of the best cover men in the Big Twelve and I mean he's just very well rounded. Um, doesn't make a lot of mistakes. He's usually in the right position. Amazing open field tackler as he put on display yeah. yesterday. Yeah. Um, I like him in the nickel, um, especially with um, you know, Echo Boydo and Gardner kinda stepping up. It's like, you know, they've you know, Boydo's got some a lot more speed. Uh, Gardner's got a lot of size, and they've proven that they can handle being on an island. Um, so is it akin to, like, and maybe this is stupid, but, like, putting one of your best and most athletic players at, like, shortstop to, you know, sliding him in the nickel, it's like he's going to be able to cover more of the field. 
Or is that just like completely stupid? N- no, no, it's not. No, because <laughs> I, I think th- that's probably why I got that pick is because he was looking in the backfield and had uh, had that space. No, it is. Well, and I think with the way offenses are going, where you're sort of eliminating that that Will or that Sam linebacker spot, uh, where you need a, a hybrid sort of player, since teams are passing the ball sixty plus times now, and they're running the ball just to just to convert. Uh, just to get a fresh set of downs, right, or to try to keep a defense honest, and and like I said, I mean to put him in that role, it's huge because you got a guy who's who's physical and a guy who can cover any wide receiver yeah. at nickel. And you, usually, you usually put your nickel. They're like, oh well, okay, we'll we'll really get our nickel to tight ends or maybe the slower slot, but never never an X or a wide, never your end man on line of scrimmage uh, wide receivers, never your one or two targets, yeah. and and he can cover anybody and from a nickel spot that's a huge advantage hazen is this the type of performance that we kind of expected from the secondary going into the season i think at this point i think it's better i mean take away the first game because as good of uh, a cover corner as parker is he got shredded by that elite wide receiver for arkansas state damn good he's very good um and you know that was discouraging and and i was very down on this group after that game but then the last and through the first half of the OU game, I was like, "This season's over. We're horrible." Um, <laughs> so you're and, to write it all off. And now, and now, look where we're at now. And uh, so, yeah, the strides they've taken. And I think, like you said, credit to getting the the talent on the field. Uh, obviously, Gardner and uh, Boydo deserve to be out there. And but you're not going to bench Parker to do that. And so, so shuffling things around. And Klanderman made a comment like, "It took us four games to get here because we didn't have spring practice. We didn't have fall." camp uh and all those uh, voluntary practices and all that stuff to get these ducks sorted out and so yeah it's great uh elder like you said looked a lot better he didn't break down uh for that tackle that he got or that uh play that he just got juked out of he was just standing flat on his feet and he watched parker in the same situation he's chopping his feet i think a lot of that doesn't necessarily come down to elder not being as athletic or anything it's just technique parker can tackle in the open field because he has great technique and he has athleticism but but that was one thing i noticed is like on the plays because parker did have a missed open field tackle in the first quarter elder had just got juked out of his shoes there's some it's gonna happen there's still some room for improvement you're not gonna be perfect but on the whole gardner played lights out he he almost had a identical pick to the ou game just jumping up and grabbing it in the air and then the pass break up and uh Keandre thomas actually had a great play that got called pass interference which i don't think it was uh it was early in the game uh he looked pretty good out there having robinson back so we're just so deep right now like we're playing great with no depth and now we have everybody back so i'm excited to see what happens nick before we get into the special teams i just want you to talk about how impressive the emergence of gardner and boydo has been i mean they were thrown into <laughs> a game on the road at Oklahoma, and, you know, they really haven't missed a beat since. No, they haven't. And I think a lot of it stems from, from this D-line getting after these quarterbacks, right? That, that is step one, right? We, we, I, can't, I can't comment enough about how amazing it is when a, for a defensive line to knock a quarterback out of the game cleanly, I might add, with body blows. And, and then so what that does for the, the next quarterback up – they're going to put some air in their balls. They're going to get rid of it a little bit quicker than they want to, right? They're going to make those a little bit hesitant with their decisions. They're going to be a little bit quicker with their decisions. So that makes the job at secondary that much better. And then when you got guys like Gardner and Boydo who, who are, are, have the confidence to run with the receiver, but to turn around. 
to turn around and to find the ball, right? I always heard, I always heard like everyone from Phil Bennett on to Bobby Elliott, you know, uh, uh, second secondary and, and defensive corner say, get your head around, you know, get your head around. And, and I will yell on deep balls, get your head around when yeah. I'm watching the game. And, and they do. And you know what happens when they do? They get those PBUs, right? They get those pass breakups. Yeah. And both Gardner and Boyd Doe, they had those plays. And, and those, are, those are smart veteran plays. Uh, and for them to do that on a consistent basis, like I expect that yeah. here on out. I think, and I think this goes top to bottom, the athleticism on the defense is – I just haven't seen that level of athleticism on all three levels in a long time. Um, and it's exciting. It is exciting. I think it's a testament not only to um, Kleiman and staff's recruiting because we're seeing a lot of young guys out there that were brought in by the staff, but also having trust in playing playing your athletes on the field and you know identifying identifying that talent that's in your team and utilizing it is something that I love from this staff. Um, special teams. Before we get into them, Special Teams Review is brought to you by the special team at Kansas City Direct Primary Care. We have the doc with us today, so Dr. Hazen Short, take the floor. Tell us what KCDPC has to offer. Sure, yeah, I'll keep it short because I think we're running a little long. Um, Our review pods have been running a little long. <laughs> that's that's what happens There's when a you lot win. to talk about, for exactly. sure. Um, so, yeah, Kansas City Direct Primary Care. I'm actually about 30-second drive from it right now. Grant lives just down the street. Um we do primary care. It's like nothing crazy. We just, our family medicine doctors um, take care of kiddos to adults. Um, and instead of going through insurance, we charge a flat monthly fee. And so it doesn't matter if you have insurance. Half of our patients do, half of them don't. Uh, the convenience factors through the roof, you can get seen same day, next day, like all the time or super available. And um, we do telemedicine, no extra cost. You don't have to pay for visits. You don't have to, our, our medicines are just dirt cheap. Everything's dirt cheap. Cause that's, here's the secret. The world of medicine, things aren't that expensive. The reason healthcare costs are out of control is because insurance companies and drug manufacturers and all these in hospital systems, they, they can drive up the price cause it's, you, you have to have healthcare, right? There's no alternative to healthcare. And so you can kind of name the price. And, uh, and so we've named our price and it's a lot less. And so if you want to check out uh, how we do things, uh, check out kcdpc.com. And if we want to get your balls snipped, I can do that too. So just let me know. Oh, you do Vaz? Oh, yeah. Nice. That's a relatively I've, – I've, I've been snipped. Yeah. Good you, for you. Relatively yeah. common, yeah. It is common. And I think what a, what a, to unburden the, the health system, it's super cheap. It's super easy. It's, it's a 10-minute in-office procedure using some local numbing agents. And yeah. I literally was looking – at my urologist, right, in the eyes, yeah. and he was doing it as yeah. he was telling me about his two kids who are in college and two kids who are four. I'm like, what? He goes, well, I got a reversal. And I'm like, oh, that's good to know. But if you want a reversal, you're going to get punished because that's expensive. Yeah, they're expensive, and they're not very successful. Yeah. Uh, about 50-50 shots. So make sure you want your ball snip before you get your ball snip. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, let's talk about the special teams. Um, kicking was pretty good. Lynch went two for three on field goals and perfect on extra points. Um, kickoffs were good. Mostly touchbacks, no big returns. Um, we didn't really have any sizable returns outside of Brooks. He did have a nice punt return that set up good field position. We didn't take advantage of it, but that's not his fault. Um, punting, I thought punting was great. Um, six total punts. Zintner had a 65-yard bomb that I think went out at like the seven-yard line. Um, and Bloomer had a lot of great hang time, aided in our field position battle, um, and another blocked kick this time. It was a field goal. Um, we truly are special teams you. Yeah, what makes us so good, Nick? Why? Why? 
Why it, are we so good? It's a belief. I mean, it's it's guys who have come before you have have set the standard, and it's funny. Um, um, Kurt Schneider always called him Bruce, but Bryce Libel. <laughs> Bryce Libel was a guy who he was like a, he was like a four um, finance major or something like that. Dude was wicked smart. Um, from middle of nowhere, Kansas, uh, a wide receiver, but knew he wasn't going to play right because he's in the the era of Quincy Morgan, uh, Aaron Lockett, like all these these monster whatevers. But he knew his role was special teams, and, and I feel like a, a lot of a lot of players who know that that maybe I'm maybe I'm young, or maybe I don't have the talent to get in on the linebackers to get on the wide receivers. I know I can shine on special teams and it just become a habit. Like it's just become a, a K state habit that, that we're going to get after it on the third phase, the often underlooked phase of special teams. And you just, like I said, I've, 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 and I tweeted this, I've been on the sideline sometimes and thinking, you know what, we need a block kick or we need a, we need a, we need a, a field goal block. We need a punt return for a kick return for a TD. And it helps out. It, it motivates the offense. You know, it, it gets the offenses going. Well, I hope it never dies because it's always a key to V for us. Let's talk about our keys to V um, and see how we did. I'll let you guys grade me and Scott. Um, so number one is Grant, get Howard in rhythm early. How did we do there? We tried. You know, they definitely tried, you know, some easy throws off the get-go, try and get Deuce going. But, you know, offensive line, I'm not trying to slander them. Uh, I'm not trying to do anything like that. Just They just weren't consistent enough. And, you know, that's injuries and, you know, getting people back. And so limited offense. There's a lot of contributing factors to that. I would give that a failing grade. Um, I don't think we did enough to get him into the rhythm early um, and as far as passing goes, and the wide receivers didn't necessarily help him. Um, but I thought he did a good job of growing into the game, which was surprising to me. Um, he never really backed down. I think he's he's got the goal to do it. Um, so what's your grade? I'd say it's a C because you got to look at it through Will Howard being a true freshman first road start. Fair enough. Now, if this is you judge him like a, a senior, no, like a D minus. Okay. Um, key to V number two, Hazen. Um, Scott, capitalize on red zone possessions. When we get inside the 20, has to be it has to result in the touchdown. Scoring chances may be tough to come by, so when you get the chance, you have to punch it in. Yeah, probably a D. Um, just microcosm, the first, play, first drive, get 80 yards down the field on a single play, kick a field goal. Uh, kicked another field goal after that, and then missed a field goal, uh, I think, right, in the second half. Um, so we weren't... Capitalizing on touchdowns. Um, I don't know if you can hear that. Chiefs I mean, must have scored. Yeah, or something. A bunch of we don't have the honking. Chiefs game on. So, but yeah, it was a, it was not a um, great red zone game offensively. Um, but it didn't matter because our defense was elite. Our so, defense is elite, so yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, number three, Grant, continue to turn the ball over and earn extra possessions. Nick. Yeah, I mean they they were getting pressure on the quarterback. You know, you're doing everything you can at, from a defense to put pressure on quarterback took a quarterback out of the game, and then you're also able to to get those picks, right? Then after after you put pressure on a quarterback enough, you expect picks. You, go, you expect it now. Like he's getting hit. He don't want to sit back there anymore. He wants to get rid of it, right? He don't want to be the, uh, the, the target anymore. He wants to get rid of it. So, so it, it worked. You know, they, they, they helped win the game, the, the, the defense did, with that pick six. Completely agree. Um, last one. Scott says, contain and hit Max Duggan. A plus. I agree. A plus, plus, plus. Yeah, don't even need perfect. to read that. That's perfect, um, right? Yeah, it, it cracked me up because the, the color commentator was saying how K-State needs to be careful with uh, plays like that. And he was he was talking about the play where Duggan 
got crushed by Sullivan. Um, he was like, yeah, K-State's going to have to be careful about Duggan getting out of the pocket and, and having plays like that. And I was like, please get out of the pocket and have more plays like that. And we did. Um, yeah, he did not. He had a couple decent run first round, uh, first down pickups, but he got crushed. His rib cage has to be broken. Like, yeah. Or extremely bruised, which hurts just about as bad. So he looked in misery. And, uh, and that's what won us the game, honestly, was, was the pressure on Duggan and his, and his ribs being toast. He had crunched up rib cages for sure. Yeah. And I guarantee you Duggan was in that huddle, not pleased with his offensive line. No, definitely not. Um, Post game, Ask Bosco questions are brought to you by Bet Online and Manscaped. No, I guess visit Bet Online. You know, do some wagering. They're the official wagering partner of all your betting needs. That doesn't make sense. Football bet, go yeah. Use armchair, whatever. Um, armchair is the promo code, and you will get a bonus. Um, I'm gonna keep these questions limited because we are. You guys have children. I gotta get you out of here. I've got. No, one I gotta get out of here. <laughs> Um, so I'm just going to, like, pick some random questions, and we'll do, like, five or ten of them rapid fire. Um, so let's start with KSU man, Brian Hampton one. Actually, no, we're not going to do that one. That one's way too long. And you kind of already did this. He's talking about scheduling going forward, yeah, so yeah. whatever. Um, I like this one. Evan D. Shananalak. Does Skyler have the speed to make that 90-yard touchdown run in the first quarter? I think he's down to the five, like I said. I don't think he quite makes it down. I don't think I don't think he punches that that clock in. <laughs> but I don't know, but Will Will's hamstrings were were tight towards the end there. Would it be close? I think it would be close. Um yeah, I think he goes down inside the five or inside the ten. Um KSU man again, did TCU do anything special to try to eliminate Deuce from the offense? I didn't see any any loading up the box or anything like that. I just I didn't see any run blitzes or any any sort of D line movement. I think just this TCU, they just got, you know, uh, historically strong defenses, and just they're just gonna be tough to run upon. Yeah, they just won yeah, the they, scrimmage. Yeah, yeah, they just forced us to uh, to throw to win, and um, we didn't have to, and we still won because we're elite. P. Manual fifty um, is Lynch kicking poorly, or are there issues with the snap and hold? I don't think he's kicking poorly. I mean, no, he had one bad game. I mean, two for three is not bad. No, and he drilled a fifty-three yarder. I mean, yeah, he's a college kicker. College. I think Has- he's a good college kicker. Hashtag college kicker. Exactly right. Yeah, laces out, Marina. That's all I know about <laughs> kicking. Powercat Ryan, the two teams that could keep K-State out of the Big 12 champs are? Iowa State, Oklahoma State. Yeah. Yeah, the states. At this they, point, they I think can, that's every, We all control our own destiny, and so those are the only two right now. Yeah, I would say Texas, if you seep on Texas, um, you know, they have the power to, to bite you. Um, Chef Andre Napier, most freshman contributor since I think ever. I mean, I can't remember a time. In Maybe the last Prince had a freshman plan, but uh, I don't know. Because I mean, Freeman was a big part of that his yeah. first year, and That's true. there's probably some other people. I feel like Lamarck Brown played as a freshman for Prince and some other people. Yeah, no. You get Logan Dold production. was a true freshman. That was that stat. Deuce was the first running back since Logan Dold wow. to have a, a big like a hundred yard game as a fresh true freshman. So, yeah, probably Prince, but as we said before, not the same situation. <laughs> the chef, again, uh, what is the logic in calling timeout and running a QB sneak on second and one when Deuce was getting nine yards a pop? Was Kleiman outthinking himself? I think just, just like it goes back to like last week where you're trying to put some confidence in him, and, and sometimes, you know, running the ball uh, or running the ball as a quarterback kind of helps you out. 
yeah. uh, just you know it gets you gets you some contact and it gets you back involved with the game and, and that play in particular like they were honing in on deuce because he had just had three big runs and so the chances of him having another seven eight nine yard run were probably not great and and it was the right play call he was wide open to get that first down and he tripped so execution um sl keck if climbing is here for 10 years how many big 12 titles does he win 10 <laughs> i like that let's get to one first i would say right yeah but, um i never like to put the cart in front uh, of the no i thought about this actually for real i think two um because that's kind of our pace for when k-state's doing well as a program is about you know two per decade would be a good clip i think I like that I love the grit Will showed. This is from Snail underscore Johnson. I love the grit Will showed, especially with our receivers doing him few favors. But if Skyler is 80% plus for the showdown, Sunflower showdown, you start him, right? I don't. No. 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 I say maybe for West Virginia. Yeah. Like, even if he's 100%, just like <laughs> give Will the experience. It's a. It's like the wor- worst team you're going to play There's no year. reason to put Skylar yeah. Thompson at risk. At harm's ri- yeah. Or yeah, in harm's risk. Way whatever the hell it is um, against KU. I mean, I would think start Youngblood because we don't want Howard to get hurt versus KU. I would think that Will Howard and you know the team could collectively beat KU at home. You never know. You, you I, never. Know. I never want to give any sort of bulletin board fodder to KU, but oh, you know, yeah. it's a big rivalry. You never know. That I always forgot. plays tight. Um, but at the same time, yeah, do not play Skyler until you absolutely need to. I forgot that this is like big media right here thousands (laughs) of people listen to this less miles it's gonna be blowing up around uh, around lawrence um sf wildcats one what is our record without deuce vaughn could be 0-4 i mean it's he was huge i'm not i mean this this game or the game on saturday is the one game where someone else could have filled in for him and we probably would have won just Mm -hmm. because it wasn't the offense that won the game so Maybe one and three. <laughs> Seriously. Two and two. I say, two. yeah. I mean, we're not as good, clearly. Uh, Deuce Vaughn has been a revelation, but I think what's so positive about our staff is that they find ways to get it done yeah. as just in a program, one, and mm-hmm. then they find other weapons. So who knows? It could have been Keon Mosey doing what Deuce sure. did if, if Deuce wasn't here. So I agree with that. Um, let's get a, one more in here. Uh, what will K-State's record be for the next three-game stretch? It's have uh, to hope for KU, two and one at least. KU, West Virginia, Oklahoma State. I think are the next. Correct. Three? I mean, I want it to be three now because. What will it be though? I'm saying three and zero. Oh. I All think right. so. Hell I, yeah. I, I think I think it'll be important to uh, to focus in on the. So Oklahoma we State clinch. Game. Will we clinch if we beat Oklahoma State? I don't. It, a buy. Clinch it, it a buy be, in. It could be. Or a berth. That's what I mean. It depends on how the other teams do, right? Yeah, but, but we would be six and zero with wins over. I mean, if we could be six and zero, and Iowa State could be six and zero at the same true, time, true, and we could go zero and three, and yeah, correct, three. yeah, yeah. The, the whole the whole latter half of the happen. schedule freaks me out. Yeah, yeah. it really well, does. Yeah, our last four games are tough for sure. Very because being historically for for K State. Yeah, because these are teams always play us super tough, and I'm like, where the hell was this team last week when it's they got new era, blown out? Yeah, it is. I just I'm really hoping this season's not a like. It seems like with our mediocre to good seasons, we have a really good part of the season and a really bad part of the season. Yeah, and um, and I'm ho- really hoping we don't go five and zero, and then lose our last four and go five and four and miss the Big yeah. Twelve because that could happen with our schedule the way it's set up. Um, but the next three games, I'm gonna go. Yeah, three and zero. Why not? Why not? I had um, a doc- by Dr Pepper, so, <laughs> so you're all good. So I'm gunning for that. 
All right, we're going to get into our game ball. Sorry if we missed your questions, but I can't answer 40 questions, um, especially when we're going almost an hour and a half. Plus, uh, he's still banned from Twitter, I think. I am banned from Twitter, um, but that's okay. I may never come back. Um, <laughs> he winked. <laughs> for those of wink. you who are new, I mean, we give two game balls to give away, offensive, defensive, and then we have a swag sticker. You, no player can receive two game, two game balls, but a player can do a game ball and a swag sticker. So now we have an extra, we have extra game balls and stickers to give. Starting with me, I'm giving the offensive game ball again to our young man, Deuce Vaughn. Um, he was bottled up, but he was going against a difficult defensive line. And he came through at the end when we really needed him and got a couple first downs. Got one first down to burn some timeouts, and I just love him, so I gave him the ball. Like uh, Hazen, who's your offensive game ball? I gave it to Howard because there's not many options, and he did have an 80-yard run and some big-time completions. Um, so, yeah, first uh, true freshman to win a, a Kate State or a, a away game for K-State ever. So, yeah, that's big. That's big, and and I I have exacting um, father issues, right? <laughs> so um, I expect perfect. I expect brilliant from this <laughs> offense. So nobody gets a game ball. Ooh, no game wow. balls from Nick Lecky for the first offense. time ever. First time ever oh, that, that that's happened on this show. Really? Maybe I don't know. I, don't know. I just I honestly don't. I, I think it is. Um, I barely listen to this show, so no. I <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. But um, yeah, I mean. It's an enormous show, so that's going to fire everybody up. Um, they're going to hear that, they're and they're going to put that, that in the locker room, post it up. So the People f- are honking outside because <laughs> of that. <laughs> I, just ex- I expect a lot, and, and I get it. You had a new quarterback, and it was tough to figure out, but I was just not happy with, with the consistency was not there from, from anybody. Yeah. I'm, I'm fine with it. My defensive game ball goes to, and there's a lot to choose from here. But Justin Gardner, um, I'm really impressed with how he's played at corner. Um, love his size. Had a great game yesterday. Almost had a pick. Some big pass breakups. Justin Gardner gets my defensive game ball. Hazen, who's your defensive game ball? Oh, I'm going to have to give to A.J. Parker. The pick six, obviously, and then just a bunch of open field tackles. Um, just played lights out. Totally fair. Love A.J. Parker. Who's your game ball, Nick? D-line. Entire D-line. You totally know, fair. Um, you know, when, when Hubert – uh, wasn't getting those sacks or, or pressures like he usually does because he's getting keyed in on. Uh, I think everyone else stepped up. Um, you know, just just they they played well. They got after the quarterback. I mean, like I said, man, anytime a, a quarterback gets has to exit the game due to ribs or anything like that, you know, non head injury, um, they were really getting after it. So I, I got to tip my cap and, and present them the gold plated game ball and, and ticket to Willy Wonka Chocolate Factory. Uh, for the way they played just and, and it's even a testament to like we've talked about the second half OU last week versus tech just they've they've played lights out and this D-line is super nice couldn't agree more time for some swagger stickers my swag sticker goes to the freshman Will Howard um, didn't have an amazing game but he went on the road with his first career start and got a win in a huge Big 12 game that could be enormous down the road for us um and like I said, he shows like he's got a ton of bravery. He didn't shy away from the situation at all. He was taking shots downfield, threw a funny pick, but that just shows that he's like, fuck it, I'm going to go for this. Yeah. Um, and he'll grow into the game more. Um, I like what I saw from Will Howard, and I think going forward we'll be okay. Um, who's your swagger sticker, Hazel? Klanderman. Um, he coached a heck of a game, and I think a lot of people are a little nervous about Scotty leaving and what that would look like, and I think this game spoke volumes uh, for what he's capable as a coach. 
Uh, and like I said, just the whole program and talent and development and coaching and execution, it was very fun to watch. It's all very exciting. Klanerman, yeah, I mean, he called a masterpiece of a game yesterday, and all of the situational plays, all of the blitzes that he drew up were perfect. Um, the disguises were great. Um, I don't know if you guys remember that first drive TCU had where they're just driving down the field, like big chunk of plays, one after the other, and I'm sitting back thinking, this is going to be a long day. We're going to get shredded, and we do not have the offense. And just big-time shout-out for the adjustments because, like, yeah, that was we just totally turned the game around and just demolished them. That was a bad That was a bad series. I mean, they take the lead. We had, uh, what, we had that PI. We had a tipped ball that was – somehow caught by and that wasn't even the one they scored line. on we we stopped them on that drive did we yeah because they didn't score on the opening drive i don't think that they didn't but no the second drive was when they kind of just yeah this, yeah the our first few their first couple of drives they were looking good and Had a miss, we, i think that's a, big, that's a lot of coaching right there it's offside just, on hubert that got him first down so that was a bad series but yeah. outside of that i mean they were pretty much perfect yeah, throughout yeah, the day definitely um and last but not least mr lackey who gets your swag sticker bronson massey um, you know, from an interior defensive lineman uh, who's got the size, he's got the frame. It's the first time in a long while where, where I, you look on the screen and you see a guy like, damn, that guy could play in the NFL. He's got the size. Uh, he's, he's, got the, he's got the speed. He's got the aggression. He's got the nickname. Boom. Yep. Sweet nickname. Um, he, just good. he just looks great out there, and he plays great. And, and I just love it's consistent. I love the fact that he, he can make tackles in the run game, and you can line him up against a tackle and get pressure. And, and to me, you know, that's versatility. And, and that's showing that he can help expand that, that uh, Klanderman's game plan and, you know, when, when they're using him from an interior pass rush and an outside pass rush. Just really cool to see. And, you know, to have six tackles and one tackle for loss, that's a hell of a game from a, from a three-tag. Yeah. Agree. I'd like to thank my two guests today, Dr. Short <laughs> and Mr. Nick Leckie. Thanks for coming on. Um, Cats are 3-0. We like to end our shows with giving our guests the guests. We have two guests today. So give our guests the floor. Hayes, and you can start, say what you want, and then Nick, follow up. Yeah, I was really happy that you know Nick and I could come in and together um, add a Big 12 championship and Super Bowl trophy to the to the uh, credentials of this show. Um, it's something I'm very proud of. And so, yeah, but seriously, it was fun. Um, you guys know the whole spiel about my doctor's practice or whatever so you're a doctor <sighs> they tell me that i did i had to die dr pepper today for the show so that's why i'm speaking a million miles an hour um yeah thanks for having me on uh i'm i just wanted the koozie um <laughs> i don't drink beer but i know i can fit one of my uh, bourbon glasses into this koozie so i'm i'm honored to have a bosco boys purple um dog what's the dog's name bosco bosco <laughs> God, Bosco that's the too dog. easy. That's way too easy. I that's underthought right. that one for sure. Okay. Um, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm stoked. So thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. The boneheads will want to know what bourbon were you drinking? Oh, um, Weller single barrel. Nice. Yesterday. Nice. <laughs> and you guys will both get one of these in the mail because you are recurring guests. Yes. And you'll get Boom. Uh, yes. one of the originals. Um, thanks for coming on. Cats are 3-0 in the Big 12. Start dreaming. League. Start dreaming. Top of the league. Feels Coming good. Around. We're top of the league, having a laugh. Meet me at the Cat Head.
Social Podcast Network.